All right. Well, Happy New Year. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 6. And we're all actually also going to be in Matthew 17 a little bit later. So if you have a, a Bible, you can go to those two places. Matthew chapter 5 and then Matthew 17. I want to wish everybody a Happy New Year. You guys doing all right this morning? Everybody doing okay? Give me a thumbs up. You ready to get the year started and get into God's Word? Awesome. So um, before we get to Matthew, uh, I want to share with you some really good news. Uh, some of you know that we've been raising a little bit of money for Heart for the House. And um, in the last seven weeks, in the last seven weeks, um, this does anybody want to know what we were able to raise? I know I kind of left you hanging last week, did not tell you. How cruel are you, Pastor Alex? Um, but in the last seven um, seven weeks, we have been able to raise over $77,000. Um, man, God gets the glory for that. That's above and beyond. Um, and so thank you so much for your sacrifice. Uh, we appreciate it. We know that uh, generosity gener generates goodness. And um, I know that many of you have given sacrificially for that. And I really believe that there will be many lives that will be changed through the ministry of LifePoint. Okay, so we're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Today, we're beginning a brand new series, okay? It's for the whole month of January. It's called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And what I want to do today is I want to set the tone for the rest of the month. And so you, you pick the right Sunday to be here. Today, I really believe that today will set the rest of the month, um, the, the tone for the rest of the month, and I believe that January will set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, yesterday, we began doing this devotional just as a church. Um, it is 10 day, a 10-day devotional. If you want to join us, uh, just uh, text the word Bible to our church number, and we'll send you a link. And it's really cool because what, what it does is it allows us to, uh, for 10 days, uh, to be studying the same verses in the same devotional. And it's a great way to, to connect with one another and share comments of what we're thinking and whatnot. And so if you want to be a part of that, um, I would love for you to join. Text the word Bible to our church number, 903-592-8357. After those 10 days of that devotional, that devotional is sort of setting the foundation, okay? After that, on January 10th, on January 10th, we're going to do a 21 days of what we call church, um, a fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'll explain to you, because that may be a new concept. He's like, fasting? Oh, my goodness, you're kidding me? Like, we're going to fast as a church? Like, for 21 days? Like, you're going a little crazy. I'll explain what that, what that entails here in a little bit today and, and next week. Um, but my goal today, what I like to do today is... I want to give you a biblical perspective on the subject of fasting, okay? I'm going to show you how every major biblical character fasted, okay? I want to teach you how to fast. How much? How long? How healthy? I mean, there are times that, you know, because of your physical condition, you may not be able to do a biblical fast, but there's other fasts that you can do. And so that's what I, that's what I, what I want to do today. I want to show you, uh, give you a biblical perspective on this subject that's not really talked about a whole lot. So we're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, 
Let's put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain. I want you to picture this for a moment. He goes up the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. How cool must that have been to be able to walk with Jesus and to be able to just go on a hike with him and to sit down and to listen to the, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, teach us. Verse 2. He opened and he opened his mouth and taught them saying. Now, there's a lot of things that he's going to teach us, okay? There's a lot of things in the Gospel of Matthew that he taught his disciples. Today, because of our series, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, I want to focus on verse 6, okay? So I'm going to ask you, just jump to verse 6. He said this, Blessed are those who hunger. Blessed, watch this. It, it seems like an oxymoron when you, when you hear it for the first time. I wonder what the disciples thought the first time that they, they heard these words. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be, help me out, what's that last word? They will be what? Satisfied. Satisfied. Now, to me, it sounds like, okay, like, like, don't, like, I don't, do hunger very well okay i don't like like nothing satisfies me more than a good meal how many of you had a really good thanksgiving meal raise your hand yeah yeah some of you guys you're like yep i can do a good thing how many of you had a great christmas meal with family you got together and you ate how many of you ate a little bit more than you should have eaten okay i see your hands some of you uh you're lying but it's okay we'll forgive you it's all good bunch of liars it's all good um just kidding just kidding Nothing satisfies me more than a good meal, right? I don't like going thirsty. I don't like going hungry. And yet Jesus sits down with his disciples. And this was, a, this was not like, like in front of the whole, like it was a smaller crowd. And he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied satisfied what an incredible word let's pray and then we'll get into a scripture today father i pray that as we start a brand new year 2022 wow it's here i just when i just think of the last two years um i am just i'm i cannot believe what has happened in our world but god with this new year i know that there will be new challenges that come our way and I also know that there will be new blessings. And so I ask, Lord, from the, the get-go, from the very first Sunday of the year, God, I ask that we, that you would just create a hunger, Lord, in our hearts and a, a thirst for you. God, may we, may we have the heart of David, King David, who prayed in, in Psalm uh, 42, uh, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. God, may we have that desire in us because the truth, Lord, is that I go through seasons where I'm dry and I go through seasons where I'm empty, God. And God, I just, I'm just asking what David asked. May our souls thirst for you, the living God. God, may the very first thing that we do when we wake up in the morning, may it not be to check our, our, our Facebook feed, our Instagram feed, but may it be to feed our souls, God. I pray that the first thing that we do in the morning when we wake up, when you give us the gift of life, when you give us another breath, God, may, may it not be to check our calendars, 
or what's on the agenda or what, what you know, just grab a bite to eat because we're hungry, God. But may we, may we have a, a desire for you, God, a strong, strong desire for you. So we ask that for this year as we begin. Father, I pray you speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of the message is Fasting, What's the Secret? Fasting, What's the Secret? Usually, that's the question that people will ask when they're trying to find out, when they want to have a genuine, intimate relationship with the Lord. Like, okay, tell me about fasting. I haven't heard too much about it. I want to know a little bit more. What's the deal? It's usually someone that, that will ask that question. It's, so, it's someone that's searching. It's someone that's seeking. Someone that wants to know God's will for their life. Someone that's, that's maybe going through something. It's like, okay, I want more. I, I, want, I want to learn from this. Now, when you read the Gospel of Matthew, and actually you can read all four Gospels, you'll see that Jesus, usually there's three things. There's three disciplines that he would teach us, okay, if you're a Jesus follower, if you're a believer. He, he would often say things like, uh, when, you, uh, when you give to the poor, okay, do not blow a trumpet. Don't do that. That's my, my, my best trumpet I can do. Jesus, when, you, when you're going to give to the poor, don't make a big announcement. Don't, you don't want to be noticed. It says, it says, when you pray, don't stand. Don't stand in the corner like the Pharisees shouting out your prayers. Like, God, come. We, we want more of you. No, that's what the hypocrites do. It says, when you pray, get in your closet, get on your knees, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And then, usually, he also says, when you fast. When you fast... Wash your face, take a shower, make sure you're looking good, and then just go, go out about your just normal, everyday life. Now, what's interesting to me is that all three of those are grouped together, usually. When you give to the poor, when you pray, when you fast. And yet, in our culture, we don't practice that last one, right? Like, like just being being honest right when was the last time that you heard a message on fasting like we talk about prayer every sunday we we talk about prayer every sunday man that preacher he's gotta he's better talk about money you don't go you know you don't do a service without passing the offering plate you know they gotta get their pennies right we don't do the offering thing but it's all good but but that's that's happening every week but when was the last time that fasting when fasting at a church was the norm what I want to prove to you today, and actually it is a norm in different cultures. In our American culture, it's not, and I'll share with you why next week. If you come next week, I'll share with you why it is not the norm. But if you look, what I'm going to prove to you is that every major biblical character fasted. And so why, why is that? Jesus made it clear. Fasting just like giving, just like praying, should be a normal part of your life. You, we should give as much attention as the one as, as the other two. So why is it that we don't do it? Well, I'll explain that in a little bit. But let me kind of bring us, put, get all of us on the same page. What? Let me tell you what fasting is not, okay? Because there are a lot of misconceptions, all right? So number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. 
Fasting is not just going without food for, for a period of time. Okay? That's a bad diet. All right? That's starving yourself. If you think that fasting is just, just removing food, f- food from, your, from, from your life, then that's it. No, no, no. You, you got it wrong. Okay? So fasting is not just going without food for a period of time. Here's the second one. If you're writing this down, get this one. Fasting is not something that only fanatics do. Or preachers. Oh, that's just for the preacher. That's just for religious or spiritual gurus. Okay? So if the picture that you have, when I mention in fasting, uh, if you, you have a picture of a monk in a cave doing, you know, starving himself to death, if that's the picture that you have, then you have the wrong picture. Okay? Nothing could be further from the truth. So what is fasting? What is fasting? Let me put it, let's put it on the screen. Simply state it. And I'll develop this idea a little bit more in the next few weeks but simply stated biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose now there are different kinds of fast okay but when i'm when i'm I'm targeting right now today I'm, i'm specifically talking about biblical fasting the fasting that you see in scripture nine times out of ten it is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose let me kind of illustrate it like this Imagine that you, you are, you're happily married, and you've been married for 10, 15 years. It's been a while, and you want to start a family, but you have not been able to get pregnant, okay? Just picture that you are, um, you know, you've been married for a while, things are good, but you want to grow your family, and you just have not been able to. And all of a sudden, one day, you find out that you're pregnant, and you run. You cannot wait to get home after work to tell your spouse. You want to tell your husband, man, I finally got pregnant. Like, like, like this is what we've been waiting for day, for years. This is what we've been praying for. What do you do as soon as you find out? Man, you celebrate, you get with your spouse. For some of us, you may wait a few days to tell the family, right? You go through the, the nine months of learning and discovering what, you know, the, the miracle of life. And one of the things, if you're like us, one of the things that you do is you begin to set up a place for this new baby, right? You work on a, a nursery, and for us, you, you may paint the room, or, or you may, I remember when we got, um, for Andrew, I think it was, someone, someone donated a crib, and so we put it together, okay? What are you doing? You're creating a space for that new baby. That is what fasting is all about. Fasting is creating, it's about creating space for God. Because everything in your life, and I can, there's one thing that I, I may not know every single body in here, but there's one thing that I know about you. In 2022, there will be something that grabs your attention. And so what fasting does in your life is, is you're opening up, you're getting rid of all the clutter, and you're kind of opening up some space for God to come in and work in your life. Now, let me ask you some questions, and I want you to filter the message today through some of these questions, okay? Is there, are you in need of healing? Are you in need of a miracle in your life? Like, is there something in your life that's just so close to you, so close to your heart, that's like, this, it's gonna take a miracle for this thing to happen? I want you to filter the message today as we unpack God's word 
through some of these questions. Is there a dream inside you that only God can make possible? I want you to ask that, yeah, that question. Do a little bit of self-examination. Is there something in your heart that you've been thinking, man, I just wish I've been living my life like this, but I just wish we could have this. Is there a dream inside of you that only God is going to take a miracle, Pastor Alex? If you knew me, if you knew what I'm going through, you, you would know only God. Do you desire a deeper, more intimate relationship with him, more powerful relationship, a fresh encounter in 2022? There's times when I see people, and I've looked at them, man, they're so close to the Lord, even their prayers, and, and it's not a fake thing, but it's like you can just tell, like you're, you, you spend five minutes with them, and you can just tell they're full of the Spirit of God, and it just, I, I want to be with like them. I want to, I want our marriage to be like, like theirs. I want, I mean, I want my relationship with, with you to be like them. And so, is, is, could that be the case in your life? God, I just want a deeper relationship with you. And I know that in my life, I've gone through stages. You know, even as a pastor, it's like, man, it's like, sometimes I'm just dry. And I'm just, it's, the connection is just not there with the Lord. Do you want to know God's will in your life? Maybe you're having to make some business decisions, some relational decisions, and you're kind of just, you know, you're just juggling some things in your life. And it's, Lord, I just wish you would write it in the sky for me. I just don't know. I don't know what I should do and what, what direction should I go. Do you, do you need to break away from an addiction? Do you need to break away from an addiction that has been holding you hostage? And you know, and I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers, you know. I'm not even going to mention anything. But you know that there's one thing in your life that just got you, is just grabbing you by the neck. And it's, you could be so much better if we, you didn't have that one thing. It's just, it's just dead weight. And it's like, Pastor, but you don't know. It's been years in my life. I just cannot get rid of it. And I've sort of kind of given up on it. Are you asking for breakthrough? That's kind of in short. Relationally, financially, decision, career move, retirement. If the answer to any of those questions is yes, man, I would love, yes, yeah, I, yes, breakthrough for sure, miracle, yes. If the answer is yes, here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you for the next few weeks to study this subject from a biblical perspective. Don't just listen to what I say. The Bible says, test the spirits, search the scripture. I want to challenge you just on your own like study God's word, get into the word, and find out, okay, what is it that the Bible says about this? And if you're convinced, I want you to practice it, okay? January 10th, will begin as a church. I'm going to encourage you, January 10th, for 21 days, I'm going to encourage you, and again, I'll explain all the details, all that. But here's what I've noticed in my own life. The times that I have fasted, I've noticed that there's breakthrough. Just like I can tell you, man, like when God rescued my family, like when, when he rescued me, I can tell you, like, I, I, you know, like we, you and I, we can argue the Bible all we want, and you don't have to believe what I believe for us to, in order for us to love you and for us to get along. We can have different beliefs. But at the end of the day, when, when I look at scripture and when I look at what God has done in my life and how he has spoken to me, I can tell you, like, there's nothing, 
There's nothing that you could say to me that would convince me that God is not, that God's word is not real. And in the same way, just like I'm telling you, man, I, I believe in the power of God more than the air that I'm breathing right now. In the same way, I can tell you, there's times in my life when I fasted, sometimes even a little bit reluctantly, okay? But there's times when I fasted and I've seen the God of the hand of God in my in my life like never before. I've seen him work in ways I've seen his blessings released in my life. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes, 14 minutes and we'll be done. We'll be done is I want to give you an illustration. Okay? A biblical illustration of how God unlocks his blessings on you when you practice this discipline, okay? So if you're in Matthew, turn there, Matthew, uh, Matthew 17. Matthew 17, we're gonna begin in verse 14. Let's not put it on the screen just yet. Matthew 17, beginning in verse 14, okay? So, so Matthew's telling this story, and it's a story about a father, put yourself in the father's shoe, shoes, uh, who has a son, and the Bible says that he's demon-possessed. And this son, like, it's, it's not pretty, it's things are not like he's watching his son helplessly suffer year after year after year he's um he's having several convulsions the the older he gets the the, the bible says that the attacks get get uh, more severe and the boy the bible says that would often throw himself into the flames and this father's doing everything he can do to rescue his son. He doesn't, I mean, he's out of options. I mean, he, he's just seen this thing. It's, it's becoming, it's gotten to the point where it became life-threatening. The son was, was, he had, I guess it was some sort of suicidal spirit that tormented him daily. And he's taken, I mean, he spent every dime that he has. He's done all the research. He has traveled to get medicine out of places that he couldn't get medicine. He has spent every, uh, I mean, he's taken him even to the disciples to see if they could heal him. I mean, everything that you could think of or imagine. He's tried it all, and he's exhausted all options. Every doctor, every dime, every medicine. And then he hears that Jesus is in town. And he, he knows, he's heard the stories. Man, he multiplied the bread and the fish. He, he gave sight to, to the blind. I mean, he's done this and that. And he says, I got to make my, this is it. I got to make, if someone can heal my son, is Jesus. I got to make my, my way up to him. And so here's where we pick up, verse 14. Matthew 17, 14. When they had come, and when they had come to the multitude... A man, that's the father, came to him, that's Jesus. The father comes to Jesus. Kneeling down to him. If you are on your knees asking someone for anything, I think you're pretty desperate. This guy is on his knees begging the Lord, God, this is it. This is, I don't know what else to do. And he says it. He says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic. And suffers severely. I've never had to deal with anything like that. I know that someone in our church recently just went through that like days ago. And they had to take their son to the, to the hospital. I cannot imagine what that must do to your soul as a, as a parent. I know that uh, my, my Katie, our middle daughter, when she was, I don't know, 
seven years old, maybe younger, four years old. She stopped breathing for a moment, and like her eyes rolled back. Her tongue was at the roof of her, her, um, her mouth, and for a few seconds, she lost consciousness. And for me, those few seconds, it wasn't more than a minute or two max. For me, it seemed like an eternity. I can't imagine being this father living, knowing that his son, at times he just throws himself into to the flame, and at times he just wants to kill himself. And so the, God, the dad is desperate, like any mom, like any dad would be. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my son, he says. He's an epileptic, and he suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I even brought him, verse 16, to your disciples. But let's read that together. Let's all read it together. But the, the underlying section. But they could not what? Help me out, church. But they could not cure him. They couldn't cure him. What's interesting, I'll show you in a minute. If you go back to Matthew chapter 10, if you're curious, you can get ahead of the message. If you go to Matthew 10, um, you'll see what Jesus tells his disciples when he's calling them. When he's choosing them, it's interesting. But, but he says, they, they brought them to him. They couldn't do anything. Have you ever asked that question, like, Lord, why do you answer their prayer and not mine? Like, Lord, why, you know, why are you releasing blessings on them and not us? Whether it's finances or a career, or, man, they're just, I, I wish our relationship was like their relationship. Man, why, why do we have to put up with these health issues? And they, they seem to be, why? They, you can't. Look in verse 18. He's going to tell us why in a minute. Verse 18. So you, if you've heard the story, you know what happens. Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Privately. And they said, why could we not cast it out? Right? It's the question that we all ask. Why are the blessings not released? Why is he not answering my prayer? Why do I have this burden like that I've been dealing with for so many years? Lord, we want to know why. It's a thing. It's a hum part of human uh, our, our nature, right? As human beings. Why, Lord? Why haven't you... Why is it that I can't get through what I've... what I need to get through, Lord? I'm just... I feel like I'm stuck in the mud. Verse 20. Jesus says, it's your unbelief. I say, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here, move there, and it'll move. Now, I want to I highlight, because of the, our topic, I want to highlight the end of verse 20 and 21. And Jesus says this, nothing will be impossible for you. However, watch this, don't miss it. However, this kind of, and this story, by the way, is also found in Mark, okay, which is interesting. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and, say it, church, fasting. fasting. Now, what made, what made the difference? Because if you go back seven chapters, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus is picking his disciples, he's choosing his disciples, and I'm quoting, it says this, that he called them and he gave them the power over unclean spirits to cast them out and heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. But what made the difference? I mean, it's only seven chapters later. How come now they can't, they can't do it anymore? What happened to the power? What happened to their prayer? What changed? What made a difference? Let me paraphrase. 
Matthew 17, 20 and 21. Nothing. Here's a message for you today that I believe God's communicating to you. Nothing is impossible for you. I believe that's the message that Jesus is giving us today. Nothing, that request, that burden, that anxiety, that depression, nothing is impossible for him. Now, I'm paraphrasing. However, some things only come by prayer and fasting. Fasting. What's fasting? Fasting is creating space for God to use us, for God to do his thing in our lives. It, it almost reminds me, when I was a kid, I had a bunch, of, I used to love playing with Legos. I still like playing with the Legos. Um, but I had a huge box of Legos, huge. And I couldn't play, I mean, there's no way I could see all the pieces if I, had, if I kept all the Legos in that box. If I wanted to play, the best way to do it was to just pour the box all over the room, spread them out as far as I could so I could see everything, create some space, and that's when I could start building things. It's a little bit like that when you fast. And so what you, if you choose to do this, what you're doing is you're saying, you're, what you're doing is you're clearing the runway of your life for God to land. Have you ever been, like when you're on an airplane, you're flying, and you've seen, you know, that there's like a, a line of airplanes, and you're, they're all waiting? Well, the tower is telling them, hey, we got another flight that's taking off, or we got another flight that's coming in, and you're just waiting, 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 waiting? Okay, when you fast, what you're doing is you're creating that space for God to land in your life. And he tells his disciples, listen, the reason why you can't take this, what you can't, couldn't take care of the child is because some things only come by prayer and fasting. So a couple of things and we're done. I'm going to ask our worship team if you would just get on stage. We're going to wrap it up here in four minutes, five minutes. Are you waiting on something? If you are, I want to encourage you to practice this discipline. Are you, um, are you wanting to focus on something? Are you asking God for direction? Is there something that you need breakthrough in your life? Jesus, he fasted 40 days, 40 nights before his public ministry. It's interesting, it wasn't halfway through his ministry, it was before the beginning of his public ministry. Right before the temptation, right before he knew it was going to be brutal. So he says, you know what, I want to be ready spiritually. When I fast, what I'm doing is I'm emptying myself of self and I'm allowing God to fill me up. I'm disconnecting from the things of the world. And maybe for some of you, if it's a medical condition, maybe you don't need to fast from food, but maybe you need to say, you know what? I'm going to stop watching the news for this month. I'm going to spend 21 days away from the negative junk that's put through the news and I love watching the news so I can say that right so like I'm gonna for 21 days I'm going to stop watching that and I'm gonna fill that up with God's word maybe for you it's social media for you it's the it's it's all it's the the endorphin hit that you get in the morning when you see all the likes from the the picture that you just posted last night and listen I I'm, I'm <laughs> not pointing fingers in that direction because this morning First thing I did, 
check Facebook. I'm being, being vulnerable with you. And so I'm there with you. But what if the first thing that you check is not your agenda, but what God has for you to say? Paul and Barnabas, in the book of Acts, they fasted before they picked the elders of the church. Esther, I mean, if you want to dig in, homework for you, Esther chapter 4, verse 16. If you want to get into, like, the deep stuff, read the, read the book of Esther, spe spe specifically chapter 4. Esther, uh, quick story, the king was going to obliterate um, her, her, whole, her people, like the, a whole nation, entire race. That's what the king, wicked guy. Um, Esther doesn't know what to do. She's the queen. She, this is what she, she says. Verse 16, chapter 4. Last verse. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. She says, do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. Because even though she was the queen in that culture, you were not allowed to approach the king freely. He had to call on you. And so Esther is put in this position where she's, she's sort of, she's, she's the queen and she's, the lives of her people are at stake and she's, you know, she's torn because if she goes to the king, he has, he has not called on her. He, he could have a, her head on a platter. And then she's got the whispers, right, from Mordecai, her, her relative, and from the Jews. And then this, she needed direction. She needed a miracle. She needed God to come through. And of all the things that she could have done, she could have formed a council and tried to strategize against the king. She could have escaped. She could have staged a coup. But of all the things that she did, what does she do? Let's fast for me. Let's go in a fast, church-wide, community-wide fast. For three days and she says and though it is against the law I will go in to see the king if I must die I must die so why why did she do that because in scripture fasting was the norm when you wanted God to land when you, when you wanted God to do something amazing in your life, what, what they did, the norm, it's all over. The norm was to create space, to disconnect from self, from me, myself and I, and connect with the Lord. And so Old Testament, you have Moses, Moses fasted. I'm going to ask our worship team. Oh, I don't think our worship team is coming. Okay, we're, we're, we're cutting that. Um, one of our worship team members was not feeling well, so um, we're going we're gonna to stop here in a minute, but I'm going to wrap it up here with this. Um, got you. Thank you, guys. Most that fasted 40 days before Israel, for Israel, Deuteronomy chapter 9. David fasted for Saul. He fasted for Abner. He fasted for his children. 2 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 3, and chapter 12. Elijah fasted for 40 days after flee, uh, fleeing from Jezebel. 1 Kings chapter 19. 
Ahab faster, fasted and humbled himself before God. 1 Kings chapter 21. Darius fasted for Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel fasted for Israel when he heard the prophecy from the Lord. Daniel also fasted uh, in regards to a, a vision that he heard from God. Daniel chapter 10. Esther, I mentioned her to you already. Ezra fasted. Ezra chapter 10, verse 6 through 17. Nehemiah, you know, we were doing that whole series on Nehemiah. Nehemiah fasted when he heard that the wall around Jerusalem was broken. The people of Nineveh, remember the people, do you remember Jonah? Jonah preaches God's word, and the people of Nineveh, Nineveh received the message, and the first thing they do is they go on a fast. You, you, tra- you uh, fast forward into the New Testament, and you have, in Luke chapter 2, you have Anna. Remember Anna? Waiting for the birth of Christ. The Bible says that she was at the temple day and night in prayer and fasting. The disciples of John fasted. Matthew chapter 19, or 9, excuse me, Matthew 9. Jesus fasted. The elders in Antioch fasted before they sent off Paul and Barnabas. Cornelius fasted. Acts chapter 10. Paul fasted three days after his Damascus road in Acts chapter 9. He fasted for 14 days later in Acts 27. And so, here's a question. Will you? Will you? Will you think about it? I know, I know it's not something that we practice in our culture. But will you study Scripture? Don't let me be the one to convince you. Will you seek what both the Old Testament and the New Testament say? And if you're in agreement, will you join us? As we dedicate, I really believe with all my heart, if we, it's, it's the principle of the first fruits. It's the principle of why we worship on Sunday, the first day of, of the week. It's the pr- principle of tithing. It's, it's, we give Him our first. We give Him our best. Right? You, you've heard me jokingly say, you know, if I told my wife I love you, she would smile and she would appreciate that. But if I say I love you so much more than Susie and Terry and all those ladies that I've been seeing lately, she would slap me, right? It doesn't work that way. And so when we tell God I love you, it's, it means you're my first, God. I'm giving you my best. I'm not giving you my leftovers. And that's what fasting does. And so as we begin the year, would you open up some space? Would you kind of spread, that, spread out the Legos so God can begin to do his work in your life? With heads bowed and eyes closed. You may say, Pastor, why, why is this... Um, why is this subject so overlooked? Why is this subject not talked about? I, I don't know. I, I think the primary reason is one that has plagued mankind since the dawn of creation. If you really think about it, from the time when Adam and Eve were on this earth. See, when you fast, you're crucifying Something that we're going to refer to next week as King's Stomach. He's a dictator. You got to get rid of him. So next week we'll talk about how, how much, how long, how healthy some of you. You may not be able to do a biblical fast. But would you? Would you 
join us as we begin the year in dedicating our life, ourselves to the Lord. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just wondering how many of you here in the room and online, how many of you would say, um, Pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about it. I'm going to join this fast. Would you raise your hand with all heads bowed and eyes closed? Okay, I see the hand, I see the hand. How many of you would say, Pastor, I'm not so sure I'm there yet. yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into it a little bit more. How many, anybody like that? Raise your hand all over the room. Okay, I see that. Okay, anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, I see that hand. How many of you say, Pastor, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a principle for me. I can't do fasting. Anybody like that? Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Father, you know our hearts, you know our hands, you know what we're going through as a church, as a community, as a country. And so, God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us. Lord, all of us have your spirit in us. There's no junior-sized spirit. God, it's the same spirit of Almighty God in all of us. Whether it's day one of our relationship with you, whether it's, it's day 280, God, we're all at the foot of the cross saved by you. And so we come before you and we, we ask that you, would, that you would meet the needs in our minds and hearts. And God, I pray that you, would only, that you would do what only you can do in our lives. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for joining us today. You are dismissed. Usually we, we finish with the song at the end, but we, we decided to kind of wrap things up today. Love you guys. See you next week for as we continue our series, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. If you have not joined our Bible study, text the word Bible to our church number. We'll see you guys. Take care.